We can put you on the next plane back to Iraq. There's a flight first thing tomorrow morning. The fat little policeman clasped his hands together behind his neck and slowly stretched. The sweat stains under his arms were clearly visible on his shirt. Or we could lock you in a cell for a few days, he went on, while we compare your fingerprints with the database. That sort of thing can take a while. Obviously, the policeman grinned. Atif was on the point of saying something, but thought better of it. That last threat was probably a bluff. Even if the fat little cop still doubted that his passport was genuine, he must have realized by now that Atif wasn't trying to sneak into the country illegally. But, on the other hand, he had no wish to end up in a cell. Besides, he had an appointment to keep. Atif took a deep breath. This whole contest in who could piss furthest was actually pretty pointless. He'd nothing to lose by cooperating. Being awkward was mostly just a reflex. But things were different now. He was older, wiser. Besides, he really wanted that hamburger. A supersized meal with loads of fries and a large Coke with ice. Najaf, he said. It's in western Iraq. That's where my family's from. Mom got sick and wanted to move back home. I went as well to help her, and then I stayed on. He shrugged slightly and decided to stop at that. The policeman nodded almost imperceptibly and jotted something down in his file. And what has someone like you been doing with his time down there? Atif paused a couple of seconds, thought about lying but changed his mind. Someone like you. He put his hand in the inside pocket of his jacket and waited until the policeman looked up. I'm a police officer, he said as he opened the leather wallet containing his ID card and little metal badge and put it on the table. For once, Detective Inspector Kenneth Bengtson wasn't sure what to think. His colleague at the passport desk had sounded 100% certain when he handed the case over. A fake passport, well made, probably a real one with the photograph replaced. The fact that the passport's original owner turned out to be a real troublemaker seemed to support the theory. A genuine Swedish passport was worth several thousand kronor if you had the right contacts. And all the information they had indicated that Atif Kassab had plenty of the right contacts. But the man claiming to be Kassab wasn't a typical illegal immigrant with the usual staccato sentences learned by rote. This man's Swedish was as good as his. A bit rusty, maybe, as if he hadn't used it for a while, but still. The only picture they had of Atif Kassab in their files was more than ten years old, and hadn't been improved by being sent by fax. Kassab's DNA and fingerprints were obviously on file, but Bengtsson had no great desire to grapple with the ink roller to get prints for a comparison. He often couldn't help laughing when the cops in a television show did a bit of tapping at a computer and managed to bring up fingerprints, addresses, pictures of friends, shoe sizes, and anything else that might be remotely useful. In Bengtsson's world, ink, paper, and manual comparisons with a magnifying glass were still the order of the day, unless you wanted to wait for forensics to get around to it. So he preferred to rely on his own personal judgment when trying to identify people. The information in the database was seldom as exhaustive as it was in this case. 
He had the printouts in the folder on his lap. He'd already ticked off three things. Age, 46. Height, 195 centimeters. Eye color, brown. But next to the information about build and hair color, he'd put little question marks. The man in the grainy photograph who was staring arrogantly into the camera had long, slicked-back hair and a little goatee beard that did nothing to hide a serious double chin. He looked just like the troublemaker his police record suggested he was, even down to the thick gold chain around his neck. But the man sitting opposite Bengtsson had military-style cropped hair and the little that could be seen was going grey. But the stubble on his cheeks was still dark, so after some hesitation Bengtsson changed one of the question marks to another tick. And this man wasn't fat. Not remotely. He was big, certainly, probably weighed in at around a hundred kilos, but the word stocky didn't really fit.